0: Hello and welcome to the Calamity Vault Podcast, where we play every indie RPG one week at a time. This episode is short and sweet because it's a review of our most recent playthrough of Goblin Errands, and it's hard to fill out a lot of content when you have nothing but positive things to say about a system, but we're gonna give it a try. Goblin Errands was published by Sharkbomb Studios and written by Martin Narokar. You can check out his games at sharkbombs.com or on itch. Enjoy. Just kidding, here's Emily with an editor's note. Future and potential podcasters out there, If you think that recording on Discord is a good idea because they will record all of your audio channels and then send it to you and everything will be fine and dandy and perfect. Do not do it. This is the voice of Satan. Do not record your podcast on Discord. I repeat, do not record your podcast. Sorry, the audio sounds bad. Anyway, enjoy.
1: We are gathered here tonight without Emily, who is busy editing, to talk about Goblin
2: Errands. Let's talk Goblin Errands. I have enjoyed DMing this system. Um, I have DMed it a couple times now, and I think it's a very easy system to teach to newcomers to RPGs, and I think it's a fun system to explore with people who have more experience because it relieves a lot of room for people to be creative and kind of make up a lot of the setting themselves, and that's really fun for experienced players. And the the very rules-light, easy dice-full system, I think, is very good for less experienced players. So, coming from a DM standpoint, I thought that was a really good aspect of the game. Yeah. I also really love the setting.
3: Yeah.
4: The setting is super adorable.
3: Yeah, and I like how the mechanics uh, support the setting. Um, I was just re-listening to our game on the way over here. Uh, And I really love two things about the setting. First, the way that the Dice Pool system works for group actions, it feels like the more goblins are doing something, the larger your chance of success, Um, which for a very teamwork-based game feels really fun because, you know, if you have extra successes, you can pass them around to people who have failed. Um, That's a ton of fun. And I also love how mechanically all goblins have an infinite heart stat. So if you're ever doing something like willpower based or even, or even particularly funny, you don't really even have to roll. You notice, you notice a lot of this in, in episode two of the podcast where a lot of the things that we were doing were heart based. And so we rolled some, but we had these really long stretches of free play which were really, really good for comedy, yes, um, so I really loved both a- uh, those two aspects of the mechanics um particularly uh, i also I also really like that you can upgrade blunders, um also kind stumbles. of stumbles, thank you upgrades yeah stumble, and then uh in order to succeed by imposing a complication, uh, and then also that you can overextend yourself and impose a complication. Because I think that the more complications in your funny little goblin game, the better. And I really love that they could come from the table and not just from the DM.
2: Yeah, it's very much a yes and system. And I think, I mean, we really ran with that. And I think if you're going to play Goblin errands, you have to be prepared to just let things go wild a little bit. You know, these goblins are going to be really chaotic. And I want to agree with something you said, Juliana, that um, that the, the system really supplements the setting. Yes. Um, I think there's definitely a theme, a strong theme of like better together. And so as group roles, I really do reflect that as well as like the infinite heart reflects, you know, the infinite willpower and the really feel good aspects of the system. The zero frame kind of reflects the struggles that goblins face. It's stuff like that. I do think the mechanics fit well with the setting.
1: Yeah. yeah, not to, like, be also putting my bit in under, like, the mechanics are doing great to, like, uphold the setting and the tone, but, like, while I am not, I'm not done with my dice stats yet, so I can't give you numbers, uh, but, like, the fact that, that you have a one-third chance of success on any given die and then, like, that one-in-six chance of of a stumble in a dice pool system really like enforces that you are quite likely overall to succeed. Uh and if you're not going to succeed you're you're quite likely to be able to like get through with a little bit of complication, which is is it's good for maintaining lightheartedness and it's good for comedy.
2: Yes. It is definitely not a dramatic rpg i would never play it dramatically it's much more suited for like wanting to succeed as, as a team and as a dm i don't know if we have the same
4: definition of dramatic i feel like a lot of what we did was very dramatic in the sense of like theater but less dramatic in the sense of like there are highs and there are lows and we are fitting with the theme of drama but like you cannot tell me that flinging people out of windows and forming Gobtron is not dramatic. <laughs>
1: All right, see, I see. I think the thing is, is that I don't know that, like, at any point our goblins were like seriously imperiled. Though
2: any imp- no, you're right. You're any right. sense of peril was definitely overshadowed by the fact that, like, it was a very funny moment, such as being a dolphin jumping through cakes. <laughs>
3: yeah, I really like that the system supports comedy because your characters are never really imperiled. So you can lean into the funny things. Like if you're playing redacted system, you at some point always have to like lean back and go like, okay, it'd be funny if I did this, but also my character might die. And so, you know, the mechanics, even if you're playing a comedy game, the mechanics kind of fight back against that. The fact that in this system, you're pretty much... It, you know after Avery does the, ma- the math it seems like you're as likely to succeed as to fail and if you fail it's kind of a fail forward system and there's no like big stakes going on like I was ever you know afraid that my goblin was going to have any terrible harm come to him none of us have hit points <laughs> none of us have hit points like it's
2: not- there are no hit points a goblin <laughs> I felt
3: perfectly comfortable saying ah yes you know burp leaves the- leaves the group we split the party <laughs> um because you know there will be hijinks but then everyone will come back together um in a really in a really fun kind of way I love one of my favorite things in comedy is when something's happening in the foreground something ridiculous is happening in the background
2: that is funny yeah
3: and I love any system that that lets you do that without drama or worry you know
2: right and I think the way that skills are built in goblin errands like with the redacted system or other similar systems, you know, if you don't have a skill for something, you don't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, you pretty much know you're going to fail. Right. Hey, some of us still go after it with negative one modifiers. You know, that's fair. That's fair. You can still do that. But I liked what Juliana t- said about failing forward. Yeah, And now if you fail in goblin errand, it's certainly not the end of the scene.
3: <laughs> yeah, because... You know, even if you're rolling one die, you have a 50% chance of being able to make it a success. And so if you fail once, you failed your 50% roll, but you might not fail it next time.
2: And statistics are on your side when you fail as a group. (laughs) Also, it's funny when you fail as a group. So funny. Yeah. Shout out to that
4: first (laughs) Gobtron.
3: Forever in our hearts. The sheer comedy potential of a bumbling little band of goblins is just my favorite. It's so good.
2: I think it's really good one-shot system, too. Um, it definitely was not meant for, like, fully really long-term campaigns. Well, And there is a campaign form of it. It's pretty short form, I think. But I really like its, its one-shot ability. And then it's... If you want to do a short form, it's not hard to adapt to that, yeah. either.
3: I... If you did... If you were to do a campaign, would it still suggest two to three errands per session? Or would it be one errand per session?
2: Well... The game actually suggests one errand per session.
3: Oh, okay.
2: I was just ambitious. Did we go on one or three?
1: Three?
3: Well, three, but some of them were shorter than others.
4: And they were all tied into the same errand.
1: Yeah, notably Maggie worked in like the flower errand into our cake errand very quickly.
2: I do think there's an experience level aspect of this. I mean, we're all very good at playing with each other. We've all played with each other for years now. So you can tackle that kind of thing pretty, pretty smoothly versus if you're playing with people that you haven't played with a lot or if you never like ran the system before, then I definitely would recommend just sticking to one errand.
1: Yeah.
3: I think the one thing about the system that we didn't get to see because we had mul- multiple errands, um, but I really loved reading the system, was the little side quests or side errands. Um, mechanic, yeah. which. Maggie, do you want to talk a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah. So one thing that the book recommends doing um that I kind of neglected in favor of just doing kind of three bigger errands is side quests. And um, side quests are kind of fun ideas to plant into your players' heads of things that someone in the town might want, something that would help your ken. And it's not really part of the main errand, and it's not, Like if you don't finish your side quest, you failed your errand, but it's a little thing that you can watch out for and like get distracted trying to get that can cause complications in the story that you can bring back as a supplement to whatever errand you're trying to do.
3: So like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it would be if we just had the cake errand and we found out that Izzy needed something, like maybe she had lost her hat or something like that then if we decided to go and find Izzy's hat, that would be a side quest.
2: Or like, so for example, a different time that I ran this, the quest was to go to the grocery store, but um, the side quest was that there was an old lady who wanted some reading materials because she was feeling a little lonely. So they had to go pick up some books where they picked up some um, like raunchy romance novels from <laughs> like the mini the book section of the grocery store. <laughs> I was going to ask what books you gave in that one shot. (laughs) Wait, like Harlequin romances? Yes, like Harlequin romances for this little old lady guy. Amazing. Katie, you know how-
0: Redacted grocery store name.
1: Had a romance section.
0: It had a what? Yes. Redacted grocery store name. Had a romance book section. Full of all these-
2: Why did none of you ever show me it? It was by the cash registers.
1: Uh, it was
3: where you would get- Where? The whole thing of bodice rippers.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: I, mean, I never saw that any of the times I went there. You're kidding me.
1: The only thing I remember being by the checkout counter was, like, the firewood. So it was sort of before the checkout. Ca- we don't need to go into the geography of the grocery store. It was sort of <laughs> like that was the grocery. It was, it was before the checkout counter. But it was sort of if you came, ar- you go in the front, you go all the way around and through the bread section. And you are kind of uh-huh. around the back. Yeah. Toward the checkout counter, has been not quite there yet. And there's a little corner uh that had books in it. Oh, by the greeting cards. Yes, yeah.
2: It's just mad that they couldn't buy Otis Ripper books while in college. False. I had a Barnes and Noble.
1: Yeah, I want to say I was there. Like, I want to say we were like picking up. We were. We we might have been there like picking up the gayest looking wine. Oh yeah, for wine night, and. <laughs>
2: Oh yes, with the with the
1: with the lady on it, uh-huh.
3: and and we found the heterosexual books mm-hmm. in addition.
4: <laughs> hey, not all Harlequins are straight. Thank you. The grocery store ones are. Maybe there's a gay Harlequin out there somewhere. I don't actually look at the titles. I I'm not gonna lie though. The Christian Living Harlequins are the funniest. Having seen their titles, there's a lot
3: of stuff about this pack that I think is not relevant to Goblin Air. This is not about Goblin Air. <laughs> <laughs>
4: is not about goblin errands but i want you to know that were i a goblin running an errand for an old lady getting books i would love to
2: supply her with a
4: harlequin or two
2: in true goblin errands fashion we have very much lost the plot
3: <laughs> sorry emily um
2: <laughs> we'll pick it back up um unless anybody else had something to add about this i was going to post question did anybody struggle with anything with the system
4: Picking a feat, which I really appreciated that you let me like wait until it became relevant for me to go, yes, this is my extra skill that I can use the focus on. Um, since at the beginning, we were given a list of them and there were just too many good options. And I wanted to pick one I would be able to use, but I didn't know what direction I was going with my character. So it was really nice to be able to hold on. Like hold on to them and hold off on picking one until it became relevant to the plot, which, you know, gave birth to Kilometer's Edgeworth, which is, I think, the greatest (laughs) moment. (laughs) Because that wasn't even one of the ones I was looking at originally, but then as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh,
2: this is actually perfect. Yeah, It's all about the friends you make up on the way. Yeah, the book actually does recommend letting players wait if they want to, so that is something that was book recommended, not a Maggie special. Um, But I, I really liked that. Part two is that you could wait if you wanted to, or if you knew exactly what you wanted, you could just go for it. I like that that's built into the rule book that you have the flexibility. That's a good choice. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I, this is probably more of a me problem. I was taken too seriously. <laughs> I, as a player, found myself uh, lacking the frustration <laughs> Uh, yeah i'm sorry it's okay it's okay look this is this is also upon my fellow goblins uh but it it is also on me because crucially everyone else was was overextending all of the time and i did not do that and honestly that is a probably probably a next time move for me
2: part of it was also that uh bubby was so good at talking to people Uh and was able to just like roll to make people listen to her it is what, what was, I forget what my character class role book was called, but it had the like ramble. a specific skill that was like friends to goblins. Yeah, I, I do think it's important as as a DM to to take a note of like, what is everybody playing and, you know, what are their feats and try to incorporate a way for them to kind of exercise that skill at some point during the game.
1: And I did get I did get to do it crucially like
2: it was at the end, though. It's, it's, I do understand, uh, I understand your frustration. This
1: is the ultimate this is ultimately a minor, this is ultimately a minor trouble. Uh, but no, I the focus the focus was very good. The overextension was very good. Uh and that we were doing it so often.
2: I have played it before where people were scared to overextend. Um and all I can recommend is that players just overextend as much as they want, because it's so much more fun that way. Um and I think going forward, if I were to run this again, I would probably say that at the beginning i was like this is an option you have and yes you're more likely to fail but it makes a much more fun game that way and then also to really freely give out the focus as much as you want
4: yeah there were a lot of points where we made a laugh that should have transferred the focus we yeah. only gave it for big moments we should have been like ping pong and that shit back and forth
3: i mean to be fair someone was always holding the focus there was a brief moment where it was unclaimed not for long though. <laughs> Not for long, but
4: it briefly was unclaimed.
2: You can only ever use your abilities when you didn't have the focus. Not when you did. <laughs> anyway, Avery, even trying to say something.
1: I-, I do think like observing other people doing it. I think one of the things that I do like about overextending is that it then doesn't it doesn't put pressure on you to be funny. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, it does let you use your big fun abilities without like if you are having an off day or if you are playing with a different group and you're not sure what's funny here without sort of having that that pressure or even if it's just the timing doesn't work out like it it is still always there for you
2: right you're not restricted you it's not that you can't use it it's always an option for you Mm -hmm. it is nice though because
4: not 100% of jokes land all the time so you might be trying to be funny and you're, you're just not landing, you're just not vibing or you're overdoing it and people are going to just be inoculated to your humor and then you'll get less laughs and then you get less focus. So it's nice that you've got a balance in there.
3: And even from a game mechanics perspective, I really like that it's called overextension because I think it makes it sound like, "Oh, you know, your ragtag group of goblins are trying a little bit too hard." And so it's not that they fail to do something, it's that they overdo it. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that helped frame it for me to pretty much go from the outset of like, oh, I can overextend myself from moment one because it will just make things more complicated.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Don't be afraid of complications. They're funny.
1: <laughs> Notably, also, these classes. And they're not classes. I forget what they are. Playbook? Playbooks? Uh, these, yeah, I, the, the playbooks are all like, very distinct in a way that directly impacts the tone of the adventure which is really fun like this would have been an entirely different game if we had it like swapped out one person one person's playbook for any other
2: playbook yeah yeah i love that the stats come with a physical characteristic that you have to describe with them i think it really conjures a fun image it forces you to conjure a fun image of your goblin without committing to like actually describing them
4: which is really nice if mm-hmm. you're doing theater of the mind stuff because you get a vibe rather than yeah. oh here's my static image.
1: And do you want to change the subject? No, I was I was I was mostly just like thinking you know wow this would have been a different game if like Bubby had been.
4: I was looking at the ratter, the one with pets. Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. yeah.
4: Completely different. <laughs> Completely different. Talkative little Bubby versus circus master of the rats. <laughs> like.
1: Uh-huh. 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 Or if Burp had been a high speaker. (laughs) Oh my God.
2: (laughs) I think that speaks to the game's replayability too. I would love to play this again. (laughs) We could play the exact same plot with different playbooks
4: and have a completely different story.
3: Yeah. And it also seems like a game that needs very little prep. So if you wanted to prep an errand and have, like, you know, three or four NPCs that you have prepped you could run the game without it feeling repetitive yeah a good number of times which is something that i really love in a one shot but isn't all that common in a one in a one shot a bowl setting
2: yeah the game actually has all these roll tables that you can use to just make up a one shot on the on the fly um i elected to use some of them and not others And I more or less just cherry-picked what I wanted out of them, and I think that's also a completely valid way of, like, making up an errand for your players.
3: It would have been so much, like, it would have been so different trying to get a marriage license if Norval wasn't there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Our little tax code expert. I had fully anticipated you guys trying to break in to City Hall, and not just, like, actually, (laughs) (laughs) like... (laughs) I had a thought that you guys would be stuck in waiting purgatory and just go like, fuck it, we're breaking in. <laughs> <laughs> I had a record side adventure, like a record room you could have gone into prepared. Well, now I want to know about
1: that. Was right.
2: <laughs> no, but Norval was right and fun and I, I loved him very much. <laughs> and he insisted on being listened to and respected. And he was he said- for that.
3: <laughs> it's his right. Yeah, I think because of the lighthearted tone, the ease of replayability, and how simple the setting is to learn, um, this would be a really great game to play with friends who have never played RPGs, um, family if your siblings ask you to run something uh if you had to run anything with little kids i'm like imagine running this with little kids would be so much fun
2: yes i bet it would be a blast to run it with like 10 year olds (laughs) the real goblins of society
3: (laughs) the real goblins of society not of course you know we are we are all uh you know, fairly, fairly established gamers, I would say.
4: Praise, um,
3: <laughs> and and we really enjoyed it too. So I'm not saying I'm not saying only. I'm saying that you know, if you're looking for a system that would be really fun and really light without feeling light, pick up Goblin Errands. So much fun. Yes,
2: it has so much heart too. It yeah. really does. Reading the book is just a joy, honestly, uh, to see the words, um, and like just how the setting was so lovingly crafted and how each of the playbooks is like so unique and so full, so much fun. I really do think the book itself is just such a joy to read and it's really easy to read too. It's not very long and it's a lot of just like, um, it's not a lot of prose, you know, you can kind of just glance through it and get a good idea of the of the rule system already.
3: Yeah, I don't think it took me more than an hour to read cover to cover. No. Um, yeah, I think one thing I will say that we definitely didn't have time for in our particular errands, um, but it would be really, really fun if you wanted to do a some shot or a very short ca- or a short campaign. Um, and honestly, this could run longer campaign play if if you wanted to. There's no reason that it, it, it couldn't. Um,
1: I think there is a point at which the game goes, okay, if you've advanced, like, X number of times and have, like, X titles, you you leave the Ken to sort of found your own and you exit play. Yeah. But,
3: and then I think you pick up as one of your goblin's relatives, they suggest. And I think that that could be fun, too. Um, but largely, uh, in a longer game, I would love to do a little bit more exploring of the Ken and the goblin inhabitants. Um, yeah, for because- sure it is such a fun little idea of a gaggle of goblins living kind of on the outskirts of society and and making their way that um if this if it if we weren't playing a one shot that was so errand focused and had a little bit more time to explore kind of the edges of the setting um that would be a lot of fun cause it's just such a fun idea
2: i personally think that this game is a really good game for a short form campaign that you can play between big campaigns of the same group. Like, it's such a good palate cleanser after like a really long campaign. And um, I think it's just like, it makes you not have to think so hard, I feel like, about your characters. I, from our own experiences, we tend to play very, um, very deeply into our characters when we do long campaigns. And not that you couldn't do this with this campaign, but. you're not really playing for, like, tragedy or for um, the intensity of it, you know. I just think it's a really good, fun palate-cleansing game. I think it's also something that you could really easily,
1: like, if you are playing infrequently, it's something that I think would be really easy to, like, set
2: down and pick up again. Or with not a regular group of people. Like, if you had, like, eight people, and none of them could ever meet at the same time, but you could get maybe, like, three to five people at one time. You just, whoever's available, you just run an errand and there doesn't have to be a ton of plot continuity to follow. If you were to do something where you have a larger group and you're just kind of doing short form campaign with individual errands, you could also rotate who DMs. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: And yeah, honestly, I cannot necessarily speak to this, but this feels like if you are trying to get someone into DMing, it would be a fairly forgiving DM experience. It
2: very much is. (laughs) Speaking from my experience, it's a very forgiving system. And it gives so many opportunities for the players to just kind of take control and you just kind of have to let them do whatever they want to do. And you're just kind of guiding them along with fun little details. Anybody else have anything to add?
3: It's a spectacular system and we're supposed to plug their Discord.
2: Yes. Right. Um, I think we can all say we loved the system. and recommend playing it absolutely in a variety of different ways. And I just want to say thank you to Shark Bomb Studios for writing and publishing it. We all had tons of fun with it. And yeah, I wanted to plug the Discord server that um, he has. It's lots of fun. And he's even been talking about doing like a powwow with something like Goblin Errands and some of his other systems, I think, um, making up some fun new playbooks, or settings or errands, so I highly recommend joining it and talking in it. He's a really cool guy.
3: And that's just uh, the Discord server is called Shark Bomb Studios.
2: It's called Shark Bomb Studios. Two word,
1: two words. Shark okay. Bomb is one word. Yeah, Shark, Shark Bomb, Bomb is one
3: word. Studio. word. Studios. <laughs> Shark Bomb Studios. Uh, and we'll post that on all our socials, so you don't have to worry about trying to figure out what we're saying. You can just click a link.
2: I don't know how to end
4: this. <laughs> And with that, we wrap up our beautiful review of Goblin Errands. See you next time as we play Polaris.
3: Indeed, we
4: we
0: hopefully play Polaris. We (laughs) hopefully
4: are playing Polaris.
0: Indeed, we will be playing Polaris because it ended up sounding pretty good. Even though we were all packed into one room, huddled around one computer for warmth and also audio quality. If you like our show, why not give us a five-star rating or review on your preferred podcast service? For updates, fan art announcements, and more, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Blue Sky at Calamity Vault, and we're on Tumblr at Calamity Pod. Have a wonderful day, and see you next week.